This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Hello and welcome back to New Books in History, a podcast channel on the New Books Network. I'm Colin Mustful, your host today, and I'm delighted to be joined by Dr. Sigrid Lien, author of the book, Pictures of Longing, Photography and the Norwegian-American Migration. Sigrid, thank you for joining me today. Thank you for inviting me. Sigrid Lien is a professor of art history and photography studies at the University of Bergen, Norway, and a leading authority on Norwegian photography. She has published extensively on modern and contemporary visual culture and is the author of the first extensive history of photography in Norway. Srigrid, I'd like to begin with uh, a short excerpt of your book. Um, It's from chapter three, uh, the first paragraph. So just give me a moment here. I'll read the excerpt for our listeners. The young woman in the photograph sits alone on the prairie. The photographer is at a low vantage point in relation to the subject. The sky is big and the horizon line low. We look up at the slight angle to where she sits in front of the modest building, a tiny shack of planked wood covered with tar paper, and with a flat, seemingly endless landscape of grassland in the background. Even though the house is small and humble, the young woman is still, like so many immigrants, interested in presenting herself and her world with dignity. Through the little window facing the photographer, we glimpse neatly ironed curtains. Dressed in a white lace blouse and wearing a bonnet, she poses like a young woman from the urban middle class, straight-backed and deeply absorbed in what appears to be a book or magazine. Her posture and grooming stand in strong contrast to the dismal shanty where she apparently lives. Even though a shovel is leaning against the wall, her relationship to the landscape seems to be quite different from that of a farmer's practical, utilitarian perspective. The portrait of her is also clearly differentiated from the aesthetics of more traditional immigrant photography, which documents and dwells on the great size of the fields and the newly achieved prosperity. So I wanted to start with that because that's what I found most fascinating about this book was your ability to describe a photograph. And I found myself turning and looking at the photograph and analyzing it and trying to glean from it the same things that you did. So I wonder if you can talk about how you develop that skill to describe these photographs and analyze them. Um, Well, I am an art historian and that's what we do, actually. Uh, We have to, you know, um, um, my training is very much uh, into that, trying to to put words into, um, we have to sort of um, describe our vision of the material and in order f- uh, for the reader to see uh, or to to um, sort of confirm that they see the same or if or that they can falsify or 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 uh, substantiate my vision. So 
that image is also printed in the book for the readers to see for themselves as well. Um, so that is that is uh, uh, actually an art historical method, I would say. Sure. Well, you did it quite skillfully, and it really kept me engaged as a reader. Uh, let's talk about the an early photograph, one of your father. Uh, is that what got you interested in in this type of history and in the photographs from Norway? Uh, it is actually of my grandfather. Grandfather, um, I'm sorry. Yes, it, yes, uh, yes. Um, as a young girl, I was. I remember very fondly my grandfather. He was from a small village south of Bergen, and I remember him sitting in the in the by the kitchen table. And uh, sometime, uh, not often, but sometime, he would speak about his experiences in uh, America as a young man, because he. Uh, went to Montana um, because he didn't he couldn't find work in Norway so so he the plan was to make it a temporary temporary home to, to stay mm -hmm. uh, and to bring his his daughter and his wife and his two daughters uh, on late later that they were to following but 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 that dream didn't come true because um uh, his first wife sadly died so uh, so he went back but um uh, and i remember you know i was very proud of having a grandfather who had been a, a cowboy in america i would uh -huh. boast to the other the children in the street said telling them about this and then i forgot about it when i grew older but then suddenly uh, as all, out of nowhere, uh, a photograph po popped up in in uh, from um, Santos by a distant relative uh, that showed my grandfather in Montana on horseback, and uh, I was then already an art historian, and my main interest was in photography, so I thought there must be. So many, there must be thousands and thousands of, of similar photographs in other Norwegian uh, and Norwegian-American homes. So, mm -hmm. so that became really the starting point for, for my study. And also um, uh, at my university, um, my university was also uh, the working place of, uh, uh, of Orm Øverland, um, who was um, uh, an English scholar, 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 American study scholar, um, as you call it. But uh, he has been uh, collecting or editing the collect the the, the Norwegian collections of uh, America letters uh, in several uh, volumes for years, and he has encourage students to also to write about uh, the collections of letters from their own um, home places. So, so, uh, so this different districts from around in Norway. So I met one of his students and I was fascinating, fascinated by, by her telling about 
these America letters and what they could say and so on. And I thought there must be a connection between letters and photographs. And mm-hmm. that's how the whole thing started. Well, you mentioned letters and, and photographs. You kind of talk about that in the book, pictures mm-hmm. versus letters. Mm-hmm. What does each one can reveal? What does each one conceal? So can you tell us a little bit more about the the value of the pictures versus the value of the letters sent home to Norway? Yes. Um, um, I think that the letters could uh, could could speak about things that might have been difficult to express by words. Um, And they have um, uh, an emotional way of speaking that is is different from bearing, that may may be different from the the letters. I mean, um, they have us. As I have. I, I've written about this. I, 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 I propose that they have some sort of um, interventional um, uh, potential um, in in history, uh, and that they have um, an uh, an equally strong interventional impact and emotional hold, hold as the letters. Um, for example, even though uh, people that wrote the letters would be cautious in encouraging their friends and relatives to follow them across the Atlantic, because, I mean, uh, that would be taking responsibility of someone else's life, in a sense. Um, they would be care- careful about doing that. Uh, and um, But um, they could enclose images of the bountiful fields and and uh, material prosperity in America and uh, fertile images of of uh, fertile lands and wide stretched fields uh, that was so different from 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 the tiny little farms uh, that we have in in Norway. So 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 and also uh, the version of 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 this subject could assume an almost worth the character. So that is how they could speak about how their um, the most important choice they have made in their life uh, was a good and sound one. Um, they could say it, they could express it more easily through the images, I believe. And also, uh, I find that um, things that could be hard to speak about um, uh, like grief um, could be also expressed by an image. I mean, some sometimes these letters are very economic and very sort of uh, um, um, they're listing up how, how much they've sold and how much they harvested and and, and so and so. But uh, then they a letter would perhaps punctuate this by saying. But last week, uh, we lost our little daughter, but I'm enclosing an image of her so you can see how beautiful she was. So mm-hmm. that is that is how uh, they could speak about things that also were, uh, also were painful and, 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 and hard to elaborate more in words, 
I believe. Sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, how how honest were the photographs? You have one subheading uh, titled "Bragging Pictures." <laughs> yeah. uh, so were they were they just proud of what they had accomplished in America and wanted to to show that off? Of course, of course. Uh, and uh, you can imagine coming from like from a remote valley in Norway, like Setesdalen, where they right up to the 1960s would wear these uh, um, uh, very solid uh, woolen uh, uh, clo- um, um, uh, traditional outfits uh, that, mm-hmm. thing, uh, that they produced themselves up there. And, and coming over to America and just to experience that kind of modern uh, uh, materials, uh, pattern, cotton, and so on. Uh, that was a, a new world. So they, of course, they would send images home with written with, uh, and they many. There's so many images that has uh, the words "Do you recognize me?" written on the mm-hmm. box. So, so that is uh, that is one of the tropes I believe that are to be found in this visual culture. Okay, well, they're they're all very interesting photographs. Just to see the the families uh, next to their homes, and and then uh, yes. other people with their businesses, and mm-hmm. then with their horses and oxen. Yeah, um, and the, 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 these are images that show off their new buildings and 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 buildings that we didn't, you know, the, the architectural styles that we didn't know in the home country, and okay. and, and then and they have they they, they bring out the port that piano to the porches and they they the books and flowers and furniture and lace curtains and, and elegant clothing so so mm-hmm. so that is um, um that that is how they could demonstrate how uh, life had done well by them in america despite warnings from 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 from, from among other um places you know, the norwegian authorities um that were host, host, hostile to 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 immigration in Norway. Mm-hmm. I wonder if you could talk a little more about the photographers themselves and some of the techniques and technology around photography. You you, you pick out a lot of different photographers and and tell us about how they're able to capture these images and how they're able to use their artistry to to do that. Yeah. Um, so. I wonder if you could talk a little bit about that. Yeah, um, um, uh, I mean, um, the earliest um, um, uh, photographs or the the, the 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 most early collection uh, in this uh, in my book is, is the one that that uh, by by Andreas Lafondal, who came from from uh, Valdres in Norway. And um, um, uh, I believe they are. They, they were, uh, as I write, discovered in a by chance in an old tobacco barn in Wisconsin, and they are now in the in uh, kept by the uh, uh, historical society there in Madison, Wisconsin. And this is a really, really beautiful uh, collection. And um, I mean, um, he worked in 
what we call a wet plate technique. Um, it, it is a technique that um, uh, uh, meant that the photographer would had to be very skilled technically because he had to prepare the glass plates, his glass plate, while uh, um, traveling around. And that um, required, for, for, uh, for example, that he had a pl plentiful supply of water, fresh water and so on. So he couldn't do that in, this, in the winter. It had to be in the summer. Uh, so he was <clears throat> one of the itinerant photographers that I have been writing about. And um, and he came from um, a poor tenant farm, uh, farming family in Norway, and uh, uh, and he and he started working as a photographer in the early eighteen seventies in Wisconsin, and um, as I see it, his, his images to a large extent. Um, uh, work as uh, reflections of being a part of an immigrant community. Um, uh, uh, he shows, I've, I've written about um, three different examples of his, uh, his portraiture. One is of uh, an American, Norwegian-American pastor's family who is posing under the Norwegian flag uh, in their garden, in front of the house, uh, they even put a man on the on top of the roof in in order to you know to uh, to expose the flag better uh, mm -hmm. for the viewers. So they are very, that is a way of uh, signaling loyalty from the culture they came from, and also uh, he is very keen on uh, showing off his material wealth and that he has a prominent and trusted position so uh, so, so I, I believe that Dahl's images uh, and beautiful uh, sort of um, posing patterns that he develops uh, um, are um, they are highly staged uh, but also very sensitive sensi sensitively and 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 uh, uh, done in a way that that shows that he really understood his sitters and their communities and their values. So he also photographs uh, a, a, a family of cow carpenters, and I would, which, in perhaps in contrast to 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 the to the to the pastor, it does not speak that much about material wealth, but about professional pride. And family togetherness. He sits there with his tools, uh, uh, just like you know, as sort of um, uh, like in medieval paintings, people would sit with uh, objects that would speak about who they were and their sure. identity. So it's about professional pride, as I said, and family togetherness. And but I, but I also uh, have. Um, written there about how um, there's another how, there are other values that might, might be expressed that there's a young married couple 
who sits there in front of the house with a banner behind them, uh, um, uh, signaling that they are um, adherents of Mokitstrana. And they have uh, the banner is saying freedom, equality, and enlightenment. So, mm-hmm. so they engage the family portrait to signal the values on which they chose to base their new life on a new continent. So, so each in their own way, um, uh, this itinerant uh, photographer subjects um, speak about not only about their identity, but also their values uh, mm-hmm. through their posings and and uh, and through the, the the kinds of objects they want to be surrounded with. Well, for as much as these people had and were able to sh- to show in those photographs, I'm sure it must have been hard for them to afford the photography. Uh, how much? What did it cost for a family to to purchase photographs like this and and to make be able to send those home? Well, it's a um, well, it's a long span of time that I'm writing about in this book, so I, I'm I'm not going to be very specific. But they they write about this. They write about. Uh, in a, about having their photographs take being taken and the plans of having it taken in a way that uh, shows that this wasn't wasn't not that this was a very serious thing to have done and to um, um, and something that would they would invest in and that some when there weren't any itinerant photographers around like uh, Lassendal they would. Uh, visit the, the, the nearest small town where there would be a stu- studio, and uh, that could probably involve traveling for days and so on. And uh, I also find um, it interesting to read the letters that describe uh, the longing for photographs. So many of of uh, of the the America letters speaks about. Uh, a genuine wish for 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 portraits um, sent over from Norway. They want to. They are including photographs, and so there is a circulation. There is a transatlantic circulation uh, in, in, here at at play. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is uh, yeah. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system. So I, I began with uh, an excerpt from Chapter 3, which uh, centers a, a lot around Mina Westby, mm. uh, a female photographer. Mm. Uh, you, you mentioned that emigrant records from different counties in Norway assert that a third of approximately 400 people who stated photographer as their occupation on their departure to America were women. Mm. Can you talk more about Mina and, and about uh, women photographers that you talk in this book? Yeah. Um, I think I, I think that uh, is such an interesting um, um, aspect of this history uh, that f- photography 
uh, also could intervene in history by giving uh, young women um, by working as a mean of their independence. Because, um, uh, I mean, you have already uh, read my description of, 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 of uh, her portrait that I happened to find uh, in the Norwegian Migrant Museum. And then <laughs> one of my colleagues here at the department, uh, French department actually, he, um, uh, had seen uh, that I that I've you know given an interview or something about my project and show and and talked about this image about the young women women on the prairie that wasn't cultivated in uh, totally not interested in cultivating the land but mm-hmm. she's just sitting there waiting for her life to take another direction she's uh, mm-hmm. so 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 so. Um, and that young woman, as I said, is Emine Basby, who, who emigrated from, from Trysil in Norway in 1902. And it, that photograph of her may be a sad portrait, but since we know that she worked as a photographer uh, during her time in the Midwest. Um, but, um, uh, but, when she came over, she came over to meet her father and 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 uh, became very disappointed be- because she understood uh, that she, for different reasons, couldn't rely very much on him. So so and she understood that she had to 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 be able to to make a living on on her own, and uh, and then she ended up with uh, as a as a settler on the prairie, but uh, by by t- taking land. And um, uh, and and she, uh, but she couldn't, um, of course, uh, be there alone out there in the in the winters. That would be too dangerous. So she started working uh, in Minneapolis in in another uh, uh, smaller town in uh, in Minnesota as a seamstress, and she. Um, and I think it was there that she became interested in photography, and she she started uh, training as a photographer. But at the same time, she has much. It's just a love story involved in, in this, but because uh, I know from her letter that I happened to find that uh, and that I was given access to by her wonderful family. Um, uh, um, that she she met uh, this uh, young man, also a Norwegian American um, uh, immigrant, a uh, young scholar, very promising young scholar, and they um, uh, established a relationship. And he was writing to her and sending her, um, among other things, Russian. Uh, contemporary novels and uh, uh, articles on uh, women's liberation and 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 so on. Uh, so, and she even uh, engages in uh, personal in uh, archaeological uh, excavations out there. Uh, she on the prairie, and she she uh, borrows. Uh, 
um, telescopes um, to look at uh, the stars. Uh, and so she's a very capable young woman. And, mm. and then, but then it comes to a point where she's not sure about this relationship. And he says, please come to, with me to Paris. I'm going to study there now for some time. And she says, no, I'm not coming unless I know that I can make uh, my own, uh, make money for my own to support myself. Uh, and no, I'm going to be a photographer. So she, she, she puts her own independence um, before. Uh, I'm, I'm sure she would love to go to Paris, but but she wants to be independent, and 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 to have uh, to 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 um, establish a life on her own um, premises. So she. Um, and then her sisters want her to come back to Norway and she goes back to Norway and, and tries to live, uh, starts a business there as a um, community photographer in Trysil, which is a small village near uh, the border of Sweden. But then she um, understands that life in America has changed her. She is She has become more of a free spirit or free thinker and she says for instance that I feel a little bit lonely here. my my sisters uh, both go to church every Sunday I'd rather be out in the sun and uh, mm-hmm. and and, uh, and 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 then she starts uh, corresponding with her um what with with her um uh with the man who's going to be a fiancé, they take up their relationship again. And when she, when he again, for the fourth time, asks her to, to, to marry him, she, she, she jumps on the first boat to America and, uh, and stay there for the rest of her life and uh, never photographed again. But... She's not alone. I mean, by 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 using photography as a tool for as an apron for 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 liberation, sort of. Um, so, um, but it's difficult to establish, you know, a whole life in America turned out for the majority of these women photographer, because uh, they tend to, you know, to be. Hidden because they uh, they work in their husband's studios and uh, or they run their husband's studios studios. Mm-hmm. It's it, it the, the studios is often registered in the name of their husbands or fathers or brothers or whatever. So so uh, I I found it difficult to 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 um, to to study them, but that's. Truly, something that I would have loved, loved to do more about. Um, yeah. Were you able to learn all all that about Mina Westby just just from the letters she sent home? Um. um yeah, yes, that is a good question. Um, because, as I said, as I told you, um, my colleague here at the French department, he said that uh, I have more pictures. Uh, of of Mina Vaspi because you know she was my great great aunt and 
Uh, I said, really? And and I said, and he said, I could put you in connection with her family, in in and my family in 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 the U.S. So I I went to uh, to to visit um, uh, her her, her son-in-law who is now uh, ninety. Oh yeah, he's ninety-seven years old or something like that now, and he was so wonderful to me and I I got to stay in his house uh, up in, uh, in the area north of New York where I live now and and he took me up to this Catskill mountain where she where, where her ashes were spread and that was the place she and her husband purchased because it reminded them of, of Norway. And uh, but they told me about her life and in and, and and gave me other images and and then they told me also that they had stopped her from from burning the letters and that oh. also when uh, she died they had found more letters in the in a in an old cupboard that was actually standing there still in the room that I got to 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 sleep when I visited the family uh, up there. So, I mean, I've been so um, uh, blessed with all this help from Norwegian-American family sure. and uh, uh, who have uh, invited me to to listen to their stories and to to read the letters and to see their photographs. So, so that is how I have... Um, come across this material but that is not only true about um, Norwegian Americans it's also true about some communities in Norway uh, for example uh, uh, the valley of Setestal and the village of Valla yes because, but, uh, yeah. it's quite a, quite a story uh, sounds like the contents of, of its own novel perhaps a mini series but uh, it's wonderful that you're able to, to to learn all that and then share it in in this book uh, I want to ask you about settler colonialism that's that's a topic that's uh, come up especially where I live in Minnesota mm. about how the land uh, switched hands from indigenous to to settlers mm. uh, you do mention it in in your book mm. um, you say only recently have Norwegian American historians begun mm. to mention the Norwegian participation in this process of settler colonialism. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Yes, uh, I think that is a very interesting and important uh, subject. Uh, and I've been to some uh, Norwegian American uh, conferences, history conferences, and I've been so impressed by these uh, Norwegian American, particularly no, women historians, that has brought this forth, because uh, Om Øverlon, um who has edit, collected and uh, edited uh, the multi-volume collections of letters, um, he has written also about uh, the absence of narratives about meeting the other that that. In other words, the indigenous uh, population that was driven away uh, in the letters, 
And um, because, as he says, uh, uh, the story about the heroic migrant settler is one that is, in a sense, incompatible with the story, the, 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 the horrible and sad story about those who lost their land. Uh, and um, so that is not... And, I mean, it's only through glimpses in this material that uh, that the photographs speak about this, or indirectly. Um, uh, as, for instance, just a few weeks ago, um, I spoke to... Um, to, to a friend here in Norway and who, who has who has sent me this this photograph of his uh, grandmother that actually returned to Norway but from her days uh, in uh, in Dakota uh, she's standing there on a the prairie and uh, and um, with her husband and her children uh, and it's one of these it looks like, like uh, so many of these immigrant photographs, but but then I said uh, yes, but it is really so many sad stories behind that image uh, about her life that the image doesn't speak about. And he says yes, and 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 sometimes um, um, the latter um, um, the, the, the photograph may open up, you know, for further research because he said, you need to speak to my brother because he knows the story about how grandmother told about uh, how someday the the, 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 the indigenous people, representatives from the indigenous population or Indians, as the Norwegians would say, uh, they were just standing there outside their house, staring at them. And we were very, they were very frightened, but it was a strong experience. They, they, they were standing there, and then they silently went away. And that image doesn't speak about that. And many, and that would not be the kind of image that was sent back home. Uh, they would sort of. Um, there are some carnivalistic uh, photographs that I found that uh, show Norwegians dressed like. Indians for, for you know, just a sort of uh, for dressed up for fun or something. But that sure. that is in a period where 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 the Native American uh, population already had been driven away. So 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 they could sort of uh, allow themselves, or they had sort of a, a kind of distance to it in a sense. But it, 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 so that is uh, how. Um, I mean, it's only indirectly that the presence is there. Or, for example, in that that uh, Alistair Gilbert Alistair's uh, um, um, volume of photographs from from Lainsbury, where he has uh, photographed the people that are wandering in the streets in Lainsbury, and and he has done a snapshot of uh, the poor Indian that collects. Uh, uh, herbs in the area and sells them and so on. That, but he looks quite miserable, and that is, he is sort sort of marginalised in that uh, mm-hmm. Norwegian American village. So, so, so I, 
I'm looking forward to to hear and see more about these uh, absent histories. And I wish also that could have, would have been more uh, to say about this. Uh, sure. But but uh, but uh, hopefully there will be more um, in 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 the research that uh, that now is going on. I, I mean. Yeah. Sure. Well, I, I applaud you for acknowledging it mm-hmm. and for opening up to further discussion. I think that's very important. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, I also you, you also talk about the role of historians and, and yourself as a historian and how you convey this history. I'm going to read a, a quote from the book that I found particularly fascinating. Mm-hmm. You write, events of the past, like those happening in the present, contain an abundance of single episodes and meanings. What do we as historians, what we do as historians is to reconstruct a kind of order and connection within this chaos through language. But this is also a process that demands that we reflect on our own position in history on and on our distance from that which once was. Mm. So talk about what your perspective is and how it found its way into the book and also how you managed to keep it out of the book so that you could to, could be a an, uh, an unbiased uh, historian uh, well uh, i do not i do not believe that any of us are unbiased historians sure. in a way because we all bring with us uh, our different experiences and 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 views on what is important or not i mean uh, that uh, that kind of um, grassroots perspective is also that I've chosen, uh, inspired from the grassroots, the great um, Norwegian American grassroots historians, um, is a political perspective and is and is a particular way of choosing to look at history. Uh, and I mean, I want it, it to be a story about ordinary people's lives and dreams, uh, the ones. Uh, the money, the lives of the money, uh, not the leaders or, or the heroes, uh, mm-hmm. but but women and ordinary families and and uh, and so on. And in that sense, I I think photographs works as a fantastic source. Uh, yes, and uh, as I write uh, the the as just like letters, I mean maybe fragmented and and they don't tell the whole history and they, they are fragments that you have to put together in a way. Images work like that too. But they have a possibility or to intervene in history or to 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 cut into uh, establish uh, narratives and complement and or to challenge uh, established narratives about history. Mm-hmm. So in in a way that I I appreciate very much. Um, for example, that uh, uh, it is it, it of course it is my my choices that, that I bring along when I go to the archive. And I remember in, mm-hmm. in Northfield in uh, the the Naha archives there. It's a wonderful archive. But I said when I came that I wanted very much to look at if they had collections, albums, 
collection of letters and albums and memorabilia from ordinary families. Um, and then they said, don't you rather want to, to look at the, the, uh, the college founder's photographs? He was a very competent photographer too, you know. So, so that did, and then I said, no, I want this. I wanted it, this, it, other stories. These other stories, mm. and then also, and then he, they brought me this. I, I found this box of um, that belonged to uh, the Callista family, who lived in uh, Chicago, and uh, you and. Uh, and 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 it was it turned to be an archive created by uh, the woman in the family. Um, uh, it was uh, Asta Kallista, who was the daughter of Josefa Kallista, who emigrated from the south of Norway with her husband, who, uh, 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 and um, and they became part of the Norwegian American community in Chicago, and. Uh, after her mother's death, uh, Esther has delivered this box with, with all the albums and their letters and their, even their passports and so on from Norway, and uh, and uh, and it tells the whole story about their family, particularly the mother Josefa, and I really <laughs> thought that it was interesting because. Uh, um, uh, the, 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 on the top, in the top of this box, there was um, there was a note from the archivist in Chicago that had received the material and from the, the family, and he sent it on to uh, to um, to Norfil, and he said this might be of use to Ud Blovold's book about. Um, uh, Norwegians, uh, the Norwegian church in um, uh, Norwegians in in Chicago, and uh, so I, of course, I would be interested in seeing how Odluvul had perhaps used these images from the Kalista family uh, in in his book, but they weren't used. To, he hadn't used them, and I looked at the book, and it was almost all. Exclusively a story about men, uh, and and that who had been leaders in the community, Norwegian American com community, and and uh, established institutions, and uh, of course, I mean, uh, there have been they they the the, the the efforts they had, have done are admirable and so on, but but uh, I mean, it's also important to to speak about how. The lives of uh, the women in this community would be, mm -hmm. and that is how that is how I, I discovered that is how I wanted to read that the material in that book box in uh, the Naha archive in Norfolk as a story about itself, as a, not as a source to its history, but uh, something else about the Norwegian. Uh, church in uh, in Chicago or something like that, but it was meant to be a documentation of the Kalisa family, and mm. and it should be read as that. But that story about that family is is not you know 
atypical. I think it's quite typical, but not not uh, less important for that. I mean, so so, so I really enjoyed, I, I, and I became very fond of uh, that character Josefa, who was uh, quite colorful and and she loved posing. So she she was photographed throughout her life and and enjoyed it so much and and uh, she loved singing and that is also something that comes very much true in her so you know leafing through her albums you can almost hear her humming away on Norwegian songs that she she put the Norwegian song text under the photographs or postcards of Norwegian landscapes and so on so so that kind of that you know is it that that material also speaks about their a uh, 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 way of um, uh, that ethnicity was important to them, or, you know, and and their tightness as a family and uh, their closeness to to Norway that they could never let go of. At least Yusefa didn't. So 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 um, uh, it could be read on so many levels that collections of uh, that archive. Actually, that that sure. I believe. And it sounds like there are probably a lot of stories out there yet to be told. Oh, yes. I'm sure. Uh, you you've mentioned a lot of travel in, in your research. You were in New York. You were Wisconsin, Minnesota, uh, back in Norway. Mm-hmm. Um, tell me about that archival research and how much time that took and what that was that process was like. Yeah. Um, well, luckily, we got some funding from the Norwegian Research Council. So uh, um, I started in, in Norway uh, with Norwegian, uh, uh, looking through the archive at the Norwegian Margin Museum. Um, and then uh, I happened to get a Fulbright uh, scholarship. So that made it easier for me to travel Travel around in the Midwest, uh, so I did that, and uh, and also in yeah in Norway, I was happy. I I I, I thought I had to limit this uh, to make to, 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 somehow I can't I can't do do the whole country. There's so much, mm-hmm. so I decided to 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 um, to do uh, case studies of two or what the were to be found in two particular districts. So I chose uh, the coastal district uh, uh, near Stavanger um, and also um, uh, the, the inland valley of Setsdalen. And I thought the fieldwork uh, up there was uh, such an amazing and wonderful experience uh, because uh, as it became known in Norway that uh, I'd started this work. Uh, I was invited up to to this valley. There was an old man who had read in the newspaper about uh, that project and my project. And, and he said, you must come up here. There's so many stories. There's so many letters. There's so many photographs. And uh, oh, narrow valley. Um, it's so narrow that I mean, only one con- son could inherit 
uh, the land in each family and 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 uh, the other sons uh, or, or daughters that wanted to 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 stay in in uh, um, as farmers in within farming as a sort of source of a living um had to go somewhere else and instead of going to that then uh, to uh, to uh, Christian San, who was the nearest town, was uh, to work to be uh, urbanized. They went, they immigrated. So, they, so that was a part of their community life that that so many immigrated. So immigrated. So, so, so he. So, so, so then I contacted the museum in Sestal, and uh, they said we could collaborate on this, and uh, so we made a collection day up at the museum and a uh, collection weekend and people came with loaded with bags oh, albums wow. and and one there was this woman also he she she just uh uh suddenly she started singing while we were sitting there talking and she, there, there there's a tradition of songs i mean they would start these short songs that would speak about going uh, uh, and about longing and and so on. So so people in Sittsdal they still have that wonderful musical um, heritage connected to migration, and there's also uh, um, a wonderful uh, singer in Norway that has worked on this material and uh, recorded it, I, be, I believe. But uh, that was an experience that was I will never forget, and all these. Uh, stories that came up. I mean that that uh, that image went away. That story about the the egg and bacon <laughs> uh, anecdote that they have in the book. It is a, uh-huh. there was there was this family that came and showed me. Uh, it's just a, a picture of three brothers from a set style family, but uh, there is a story about how. It's connected to a story about how uh, they all went uh, to the United States, and um, and uh, they couldn't speak, of course, um, American. So it was hard for them to order food for the, when they first arrived. So so they they only ordered what what they could pronounce, and and and. and uh, so that became egg and bacon. So, okay. so they, they uh, so that that picture says egg and bacon on the backside, and that story is is connected to to the family heritage <laughs> in a sense. A funny story, but it's also uh, touching in a way that's also sad in the family that they went to to work uh, for a, uh, for a car factory, and um, and then. They were buried next to in, in each other in America, just the same way as they're standing next to each other in the photograph. So, mm-hmm. so that is the kind of stories that um, photographs bring forth in Norway, for instance. So, and that still are alive. Well, you you say you had a collection day. What well, I'm sure there are people, listeners who have photos from their grandparents and great-grandparents who were Norwegian immigrants and, and letters that perhaps they can't even read because they're in Norwegian. Uh, 
are there places uh, that people can take those? I'm sure uh, that Westerheim Museum in uh, Decora, for for example, would be would be a, a good receiver for that kind of material, and they they mm-hmm. would also be able to help with the linguistic uh, side of it, of it, or I could also help for that. That that way, sure. yes. So so. Uh, uh, please bring it to a museum if you don't if you're not interested in keeping it but uh, but let it, don't let it travel alone let it go with some information uh, about uh, who owned that photograph and and or album or whatever it is so um, um, because it's so sad I think now but quite totally understandable that uh, the way that these photographs you know, mostly travel out in the world is from perhaps third generation Norwegian Americans that that uh, are no longer interested or perhaps no longer have the contextual information around these mm-hmm. old photographs. So they choose to sell the, the albums, for, for instance. Um, and I, I, I would hope that they, they um, would um, send them to a museum instead or try to yeah. somewhere where an archive somewhere where people could take care of them. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, you mentioned in our correspondence, are you coming to uh, Northfield again uh, soon? Northfield, Minnesota? Yes. Uh, I'm going, I'm, I'm coming now in the, by the end of April. Uh, beginning of May okay. because I'm participating and presenting my work at the uh, Scandinavian Era Studies Conference in uh, in Madison, and but also will also present my work at the uh, NAHA uh, meeting that takes place on the 30th of April. So, uh, but I will also travel to to Decora and uh, and to to Fargo uh, to to present this book. Great. That's fantastic. Hopefully I get a chance to, to meet yeah, you. Yeah, this would be lovely. Uh, uh, what are you working on right now? Um, well, you you brought up the subject of uh, indigeneity earlier, and uh, mm-hmm. and I'm actually working on that now in uh, photography and indigeneity in a Norwegian context because uh, I was involved in a larger project some after I uh, finished the, the Norwegian history of photography and uh, the the picture for, of, of longing book uh, about um, how uh, European museums address um, colonial heritage photography and uh, um, the that was a project that involved uh, in, uh, the UK and uh, and and the Netherlands, which are, of course, uh, as we know, uh, former great for, uh, colonial powers. So, but 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 no, Norway is an exception in in this uh, context because, and I think that was why we participated as well because we we uh, are a colonial. A country that formerly has been colonialized, but still have 
acted in a colonial way towards our own indigenous population, so, uh, which is the Sami population in the north. And uh, so um, I have, uh, together with my uh, anthropologist colleague, Hilde Wallem Nielsen, I've, I've written about uh, how the Sami Museum in Karlshoek in Norway address and use uh, photographs in their um, exhibition practices. But uh, in that work, I also understood how little there's done about uh, photographs from the Sami areas. And um, and I believe that the Sami population may be one of the most photographed people in Europe, actually, because they are the European Indians. And uh, so people travel from France, from 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 uh, from uh, from England, from from Germany, as uh, you know, to 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 do ethnographic studies of from 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 the Sami communities and and to pr produce an ethnographic for sales or for museum collections and or for uh, worse racial studies so uh, anthropometric studies so so but so far there hasn't been done an extensive research effort of um, tracing these collections. So that is what, what we've been working on. So we are tracing the collections and looking at, at how they have circulated in history and been used in, in for different purposes. So, so that is uh, what I'm working on now. Quite a project. It's important and valuable work, and, and I look forward to reading it and hearing about it when, when you publish your findings. Thank you. I've been speaking with Dr. Sigrid Lien, author of the book, Pictures of Longing, Photography and the Norwegian-American Migration. Dr. Lien, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you.